Radio Taiwan International. Any day, any time at English.RTI.org.tw. Thanks for being with us here today on Radio Taiwan International for today's English language feature programs. Coming up ahead this hour, we'll have Chinese Culture 101 with Paula Chow, and Shirley Lin will be bringing us another selection of popular music in Jukebox Republic. But let's get the week underway with Here in Taiwan. Thanks for being with us here on Radio Taiwan International. This is Here in Taiwan. I'm Charlie Storer, sitting in the host chair today, joined in the studio by Paula Chow. Hello. Hi, Paula. And John Van Trieste is here Hi as well. There. Hi, John. Well, today we're going to be talking about a lengthy piece published in Commonwealth magazine about Taiwan's brain drain problem. The uh, national ID card changes to that, which we've been talking about recently. There's also interesting news um, related to transgender people. And we'll also be hearing about a man in Hong Kong who's been buying up haunted houses. These stories coming right up. Before we get on to those stories, though, Paula, I think I'd like to start today with a story about a Formosan black bear. Obviously, these bears quite rare, but uh, very much a, a symbol of Taiwan. Um, tell us about this particular story of a bear who was uh, taken from the mountains over to Taipei Zoo. Why? Right. Um, yeah, in mid-October, zoologists and animal rights um, activists uh, found a a female uh, Formosan black bear, a female one, uh, in mountainous areas, and they they found that the bear um, was in um, health was okay, but uh, the bear was pretty weak. Obviously, um, the bear had an infection, and also um, she had a broken uh, tooth. So. Um, they decided to move the bear from mountainous areas to Taipei Zoo. Um, it, it was kind of hard because they started the um, um, they started the job at six um, a.m. Um, on October 30s, and because um, the bear was found in the mountainous areas, it, it, it was really hard to move the bear to to the ground. It took them three and a half hours to move the bear, and they actually mobilized um 13 um people to do uh, to do the job but anyway uh, eventually um uh, you know moved the bear to to the ground and then they um transported the bear to Taipei Zoo and then they also and they also mobilized 20 medical care workers including a dentist to um to um to do um dental care and also um physical checkup for the for the for for the bear and then they found that from mid October to um to the late of um to late October the bear lost 7 kilos because he had a broken tooth and he had an, she had an infection so she couldn't really eat but anyway um after that um they took good care of the female bear and the bear was released into the wild last Thursday Okay, let's uh, move now to you, 
John, tell us about this story. Uh, we've been talking about national ID cards. This has uh, and how they would we're going to get new ones. Uh, this has been particularly of significance if you're if you're a foreign national. They're going to change our numbers, and that's going to have some convenient outcomes. But here's a, a an interesting piece, and 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 some might say quite progressive, hmm. uh, related to transgender people. That uh, te- well, tell us more. I'll let you tell the story. Okay, so uh, the thing with foreigners is happening next year, I believe they said. This is coming out in 2020, and uh, we've said ID card, but I guess we should be saying EID card because it's they're adding an E in front of it. It's electronic now, and it's going to be released in 2020, and the idea is to replace the current ID card with something that's harder to forge and has more functions to it. Mm. Uh, so among the changes that they are going to make is uh, to not indicate the gender at all, it sounds like, on the surface, and then... Uh, information about gender will be saved in the card's chip, and there will be three groups, each represented by a number, that will indicate male, female, or transgender. And the idea is to free transgender people from having to fit into a binary, basically. Mm. And uh, this was announced, it looks like, just uh, on last Wednesday by the Minister of the National Development Council, Chen Meilin, who was at a launch event in which the European Chamber of Commerce Taiwan was involved. Mm. So... uh, We've just got uh, two more years to go till that comes out. Okay, do we have any sort of responses, reactions uh, on that with the story you have? Uh, The rest of the story is mostly about the thing we've already been talking about with uh, revamping the ID cards for foreign residents of Taiwan. It's a story about all the changes. I really hope, though, that come 2020, we don't have to then go a second time and get an e-ID card. That's that's my big hope for this. But I, I say bravo to this progressive move. Okay, Paula, coming back to you now. Tell us uh, about this is quite an interesting story. Uh, leaving Taiwan, popping briefly over to Hong Kong, where there's a man there who now usually, if you're from uh, from Hong Kong, well, in, in Chinese culture generally, you stay away from haunted houses or anything that's sort of been tainted by the touch of death. But here's a man who's spotted an opportunity. Right, in haunted houses. Yes, um, actually, over the past two decades, he has bought over 30 haunted houses. Now, recently, he even published a guidebook about you know, haunted houses. Hmm. But he said that, well, not every haunted house is worth buying. He actually divided haunted houses into three categories. The first category um, refers to um, a house where people uh, died, died there, but that's natural death. And then the second one is people who committed suicide. And the third category is people who got murdered there, oh. brutally murdered. And he said that he usually, you know, um, buy houses that belong to the first two cat- categories because houses where people got murdered or brutally murdered, that's just, you know, it's really bad. He, that's a, you know, category he doesn't. Okay, so even for him, right. he still won't, he won't go into that third category. Right. I know in, in Mandarin Chinese, we say xiongzai. Is that, right. Is that the is word? Xiongzai. Xiongzai is, uh, is uh, a property where someone has died, but died unnaturally or, unnaturally. or, or violently, right. either by suicide or by murder. Is, isn't that right? And and, yes. and this is something that can have... Um, uh, it can have quite a profound effect on, on the property price. Oh, definitely. It, and it uh, has to be reported because this is something that people take very seriously. Right. By law, you know, real estate agents must tell prospective buyers that, you know, you know, the story about this house. 
right? Especially if somebody got murdered there.、Mm. Anyway, so this guy is he looking from from like a real estate perspective? He's he's、yes. buying these houses and and thinking that he can still make a profit on them despite well, he, the he history. Well, he did make a, a profit. He said that well, after he bought those houses, he he will usually、uh, redecorate those houses, refurbish, and he rent, you know, those houses to other people. Uh, mm. With with a price that's really low, but guess what? Who are his, you know, customers?、Mm. Uh, you know, tenants mostly Caucasians, Christians. You know, because they don't believe in ghosts, or they don't believe in Chinese ghosts or Taiwanese ghosts. That's、mm. what you know. Most his customer base. Right. Or if, if in particular, if they are sort of very like、uh, religious Christians, they may、yes. feel that they have. Their own power to counter the whatever bad spirit、mm. is there. Right. Nothing to、Get、worry to about、leave. there. Yes, it's also really interesting. He said that、um, you you have to be really you know bold to take a bold step. And what he usually、um, does, he will go to the house and then he will you know check the whole environment himself. And he said that if the first impression is bad, and then he won't buy. That house,、hmm. and if there are windows and they look okay, and that that's fine. He said, if if a room that looks you know pretty、um, shady or dark, and you don't want you don't feel comfortable there, if he doesn't feel comfortable, he thinks that customers won't you know、mm-hmm. won't won't think that's a、uh, is a good place. But anyway, after、um, seeing you know、um, buying one haunted house、uh, from another over the past、um, two decades, he said sometimes he.、Um, Ask himself, or、uh, he's more concerned about the deceased. He said that will they、um, regret, you know, especially those who commit suicide. He said that he knows every single story of every haunted house that he bought, and he said that、um, the most the people who commit suicide mostly because of financial problems, and the second reason is because、um, relationship problems. But he said that everything has a solution. Don't be so. Um, impulsive. You have to think before, you know, before you end your life. So think twice. This is in his advice. Well, last week on our news, we reported upon about an international report that、uh, ranked Taiwan quite favorably in its、uh, international talent、uh, report. Yeah, in terms of a country's ability to tra-、uh, train, attract, and retain talent, it ranked Taiwan as I think fifth in Asia,、mm. um, behind Singapore,、uh, Hong Kong, and Malaysia, but in, ahead of Japan, Korea, and China.、Um, now, so、uh, and in response to that report,、uh, a government spokesperson said that they, they felt that this reflected. Um, that that they'd done better in stemming、uh, a brain drain from Taiwan that's been frequently reported in pre- previous years. Now, so those were sort of the the, the findings from last week. But there is、um, the the fact is that Taiwan's brain drain is is a phenomenon, and it's something that's been often talked about. And there's an excellent article,、uh, Paul, that you drew my attention to. In the most recent edition of Commonwealth Magazine, and it's、uh, it's an article that's available online. It's a very very long article, but well worth the read. There's also an audio component, about like 15 minute、uh, audio section、uh, that you can listen to it with as well. It's called Farewell Taiwan. You can find it on their website, and this this paints. Well, quite a gloomy picture, really. It says, with its low salaries and a lack of stages on which to shine, Taiwan is no longer seen by young people as a land of opportunity, and they're leaving in droves. Are companies and the government ready for the massive 
talent deficit down the road. Uh, now, there's many, many sort of individual stories that are highlighted in the, the piece, but I'll just bring out a couple of points here. It says the Ministry of Education, uh, which at one point was concerned that not enough young Taiwanese were going abroad, found in 2016 that the number of students enrolled in schools in major countries overseas had risen to nearly 40,000, setting an 11-year high. Uh, more than that, the number of people who took out student loans to study abroad uh, was the most in the last five years, suggesting that people are determined to do this, even if they didn't necessarily have the money to, to do it. They were willing to borrow money to do it. Um, the survey found 48% of respondents planned to continue their studies immediately after graduating or working for a couple of years. Um, so, in, in other words, people kind of pessimistic about uh, immediately their op uh, options about uh, joining the the job market. Now, um, uh, here's another little nugget about sort of in terms of sort of the foreign talent coming to Taiwan versus the number of Taiwanese working overseas. Only around thirty five thousand foreign professionals have been hired in Taiwan over time as of the end of June, twenty seventeen. Whereas, by contrast, uh, seven hundred twenty four thousand Taiwanese were working overseas in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, it talks of stories which uh, say that the fact that uh, Taiwan's low birth rate means that we've got so many universities that can't fill their quotas. And so basically anyone can go to university. Everyone has a degree. So to be competitive, um, you know, you have to go overseas. There's some towns that have like, I think there's one Hakka town in the south where it's like almost 100% of the people have PhDs even. Like yes. that's the, how big education is. But then... So it's an over. So by the time you even get to the to the labour force, you are you're overeducated for any position that you'd want. Uh, the article concludes by saying the speed of Taiwan's brain drain has no precedent in its history. Whether it's to make money or pursue meaning, young Taiwanese are being forced to temporarily let go of their Taiwanese laid-back attitude, chutzpah, and freedom, and even Taiwan itself. So, uh, a very, very interesting read, even if it's not a particularly optimistic one. That's on Commonwealth uh, uh, Magazine's website, and the title of the piece was Farewell Taiwan. I just realized I know Taiwanese people who left for five or six different countries. I'm counting them in my head now. So, yeah, it's the real thing. That's all the time we've got for today's programs. Uh, do stay with us. We've got Chinese Culture 101 coming right up, and then we'll have Jukebox Republic as well. We'll be back at the end of the hour to bring you one more thing. Until then, I'm Charlie Starrer. I'm Paula Chow. I'm John Ventriest. Stay tuned. This is Radio Taiwan International. Chinese Culture 101. You're listening to Chinese Culture 101. I'm Paula Chow, the program host. In traditional Chinese medicine, there are all kinds of seemingly mysterious herbs and therapies. Acupuncture is one example. Acupuncture is a treatment for pain or illness in which thin needles are inserted in the skin at special points around the body. The healing art can be dated back at least 2,000 years. 
Today, let's hear from Grace Lin, who recently underwent acupuncture care in Taipei. This time, I went to see the Chinese doctor because、um, I was experiencing a very bad breakout on my skin, on my face, actually. So I wanted to see if there was some way that you know he could, you know, fix this issue. And I also had pretty bad neck pain. So acupuncture、um, is、uh, supposed to help with both of these conditions. Grace did both front and back of her body. She told me it took about an hour and fifteen minutes, and it cost around eighty U.S. dollars. We did the back of the body first, and he、um, probably stuck about thirty or forty needles across the entire back of my body, including my legs and my neck, shoulders, like everywhere. Wow, that's pretty scary. Yeah. You know, this is actually the second time that I went to an acupuncture. The first time I went, I probably had much more. I may have had like sixty or seventy needles、um, on my back only, not the front.、Um, but the first time, the needles went in very、um, lightly, and they didn't go in very deep. Now with this doctor, the, the needles went in deeper, and so it was actually slightly more painful. Um, although it wasn't, you know, it was definitely bearable. And on the few pinpricks where it felt a little bit more painful than the other ones, I would mention it to him, and then he would just adjust the needle, and that would make the pain less.、Um, so yeah, so after he put in about, you know, thirty or forty needles,、um, I laid there for I think it was about twenty-five minutes,、um, and then he came in, removed the needles, and <laughs> flipped to the other side of the body. And did the same thing, and when I'm facing upwards, the needles even went into my face and into my head, like literally the the like top of my head where the hair were.、Um, so that was pretty interesting. And the face needles were a little bit more painful than the body or the leg,、um, but again, it was you know bearable, and the whole process took about an hour and fifteen minutes. You did it second time, so obviously you think it worked. Yeah, it was pretty effective.、Um, the first time, as I mentioned, I had like a lot more needles in my body, but they went in very shallow, so I actually didn't feel much effect afterwards. But this time, I immediately came out and immediately felt my neck be much looser. So it was almost like I didn't even know I had that much tension there. But after I did the therapy, like it was a noticeable difference. In terms of like the tension being removed from my neck,、um, the face condition, I think it will just be, take a little bit more time. And in addition to acupuncture, I'm also going to be taking some Chinese medication, and I'm told that like doing the two together will yield the best effect. Grace was born in Taiwan, but she received mostly Western education in the states. So I asked her why she didn't talk to a Western-trained physician first.、Um, In my experience, they just aren't very good at solving like problems like with your skin, like because I think that this is a problem where it's more like holistically your body has to. There's some imbalance that you have to treat through through not just medication but also through diet.、And、I feel like Western doctors will try to treat the symptom more than the cause, and so they may give you some cream or something to suppress it. But I believe in trying to like solve the root problem. And I feel like Chinese medicine is, is better at that. Part of Grace's faith in traditional Chinese medicine has something to do with her family background. 
My mother has always um, been a big believer in, in Chinese medicine. And so even when I was little, she would sometimes take us there and we would, you know, get, you know, have some medicine just to, to kind of even just, you know, for maintenance purposes, not because we have any any serious ailments. Um, and I've, you know, I've always found them to be to be helpful. Like, and when I've spoken to Chinese doctors, when they explain how they see, like, my health condition or situations, it always make, made sense to me. Um, and when I take their advice, it, it's been effective. And so um, I believe that a lot of the ailments that we have, like, we bring it on ourselves. Like, it's through either dietary imbalances or, like, too much stress or not sleeping early enough. So it's all things that we can kind of change and manage and make better on their own and so I like going to Chinese doctors because they'll remind you how to like change some change some of your habits um to have a healthier lifestyle um I have I have friends in both camps I have friends who also strongly believe in Chinese medicine uh, and then I also have friends who are skeptical that was Grace Lim talking about the acupuncture care she received in Taipei for Chinese Culture 101 I'm Paula Chow Welcome to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. We just had the Golden Horse Film Awards, which is Taiwan's equivalent of the Oscars or the Academy Awards. Well, the Golden Horse Awards are contested by Chinese language submissions from Taiwan, Hong Kong, and China. Although there were political controversies that took place that night, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about the musical artists who performed that night. Unfortunately, I don't have the very songs they sung that night, except for two, but at least you get to acquaint yourself with the singers. Here's Li Hong Wang singing Love, 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 which was one of the songs that he sang that night. Yeah, 那你就记得 LV 一上班都不缺 Here we love, love, love 
That was Wang Lihong with the song Love, Love, Love. You're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. That was one of the songs that Wang Lihong performed at the Golden uh, Horse Awards. I almost said Golden Melody. Uh, Golden Horse Awards, which is the equivalent of the Oscars uh, here in Taiwan. It's a big deal. So, you know, Wang Lihong is one incredible music person ever alive. He not only sings and writes songs, but also plays several musical instruments like the violin, guitar, drums, and piano. And on Golden Horse Awards night, he was playing on the piano and singing all by himself. Um, Lee Holm also acted uh, in the box office hit Lust Caution with Taiwan's Ang Lee as director. So he is just one incredibly talented person. Anyway, so for the awards night, he rewrote a song um, called Things You Don't Know, one of his own songs, and made a tribute to the many videographers, photographers, makeup artists, and, you know, even those people who just only take care of all the meals for the crews, you know, day in and day out. You know, all those people who work behind the scenes in movies, basically. They were documented in a video shown on the big screen while Leo Holmes sang and rapped. It really was pretty touching, he repeated phrases like, I often forget to thank you in a song. Of course, I couldn't have that song replayed here, sadly, but try to picture it. With every time a photographer's face come on screen, the camera catches the reaction of the actual person live in the audience. Nobody knew about the opening act, what it was going to be about, so it was just really touching, watching the whole thing and listening to Lee Holmes sing. Then there was Karen Mock of Hong Kong, a great singer who sings very well in many different languages like Cantonese, Mandarin, English, and probably German too. She married a German in 2011, but she's also from a very mixed ancestry. She's Chinese, Iranian, and German. So the stage was decorated with these big, big flowers on the floor, and different colored lights were reflected on them as Karen meandered her way among the flowers to the front before she started singing. She was wearing a flowery uh, satin-like, no, 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 not satin, um, gauze-like um, dress, flowing dress, specially designed for the occasion. While she sang, behind her was showing a video of all the nominated for Best Leading and Supporting Actresses. So besides her own song, Diva, she also sang the English song, All I Ask of You. But let's listen to Diva here by Karen Mock.
You know, I've often seen Eason Chen of Hong Kong, uh, Chen Yixun, performing at different occasions lately, and here he was again at the Golden Horse. He sang Woman, which means us, which was such a tearjerker because it's another touching song. I rewatched a video of that part of the awards on YouTube, and it was so embarrassing because I was tearing at my desk in front of my computer at work. Well, the song is a sad love song. That's all I can say. But it's not available, unfortunately. So I can't have you hear it. Eason is actually an eccentric person, but he's a great singer. That's for sure. Maybe that's why he's a frequent guest at concerts and festivals and whatnot. Here I shall play one of his more recent songs from his 2017 release. This one's called Leap. Shall 
却兴风作浪。我宁愿我谁都不想，装哑巴，第四不说谎话，不记得那些狂妄梦想，浮世绘中上披上，现在地里心有不甘，期望坠落坍地，然后反弹，自尊像贪念无穷膨胀，找到。欠我不怕，这全部赌上。为什么姿态很紧张？为什么孤单不也放？为什么在关键时刻伤了又哑？我自问自答，不请求谁的见谅。没那养生结果肮脏，等待救赎。管不住他们的嘴巴，我只好长出肩膀，借助你什么也不敢想。还不够摊牌的筹码，复合牌没可能停下，镜子里不认识的模样。我看着自己不分死亡，浮世绘中上披上，歇斯底里心有不甘。希望坠落坦地，然后反弹。此分相贪念无穷膨胀，找到你之前我不怕，将全部赌上。为什么姿态很紧张？为什么孤单不也放？为什么在关键时刻伤了又哑？我自问自答，不请求谁的见谅。为了让世界火肮脏，等待救赎如此这般。自尊像贪念无穷膨胀，找到你之前我不怕，将全部赌上。为什么姿态很紧张？为什么不但不也放？为什么在关键时刻伤了又哑？我自问自答，不请求谁的见谅，没那养生结果肮脏，等待救赎如此这般，如此这Now the big moment has come because I'm going to play the song that won Best Original Film Song. The song is called Bali, as in Bali, Indonesia, sung by Li Yinghong, and was also performed live at the Golden Horse that evening. The CD actually just came to our CD library literally today, just fresh in. I kid you not. You're lucky to be listening to it with me for the first time. 
Lee was inspired to write the song after watching a movie about two gay people whose dream was to go to Bali, but for some reason they couldn't make it. Lee is a hip hop singer and rapper. He said he wasn't even prepared to be nominated, let alone winning. So he was so surprised when he won, and it was his first time being nominated and winning. He was told by the director of the movie that his music contributed sixty percent to the success of the movie. Now, how much more encouraging can that be? So this is it. Thanks so much for tuning in to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and here's again Bali by Li Yinghong.
なろわなろわないやないよやあいやおいでねいくまいばいわなかなたとるがお The sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks for listening to our programs here today at Radio Taiwan International.、Uh, well, I'm Charlie Storer back in the studio with Paula Chow and John Van Trieste. We're going to leave you with one more thing. Now, John, we've seen that、uh, you can have, if an event is, you know, it originates in one country, but if there's money to be made from it, it will,、uh, it will often travel internationally as if by some bizarre. Means of retail magic. We've seen that with the Singles Day promotions in China, where、yes. uh, November 11th, the Singles Day, so if you're single, buy yourself a present to、uh, cheer yourself up. That started、right. with Alibaba, didn't it? And its online、uh, marketing. And so then it became like a huge shopping day. Promotions everywhere. And now it's over here in Taiwan. People、mm-hmm. are doing the same, even though it. You know, the, the, the origins of it had no, didn't have a direct connection.、Oh. And it's the same with Black Friday, traditionally an, an American、uh, shopping holiday, the、yeah. day after Thanksgiving. The start of the Christmas season. And it's an American. And it's here now. It is. And it's Amer- an American thing that I think in the US is sort of, it's not as big as it used to be. Now it's, moved, we've moved on to Cyber Monday. So always pushing it. Is it forwards? I don't even well, know. I think you know, any, any sort of on, online shopping、uh, wow. spree definitely you, know, you avoid all those. Vid- we became used、sure. to seeing all those videos every year of people, people hurt, hurting each other. <laughs> just decking each other over <laughs> the latest Beanie Baby or whatever. Yeah, no, that is、uh, here in Taiwan. It's actually the second year in a row. I guess maybe last year I just wasn't paying attention.、Uh, and this is all thanks to Costco, which is an enormous、uh, and successful import here. And it's crazy enough. On just an ordinary on, on Saturday or Saturday, Friday.、Yes. But、uh, now it's even crazier. Starting 8 a.m. on Friday,、uh, yes, the second annual Black Friday, was, or as they're calling it, Black Buying Festival,、uh, was held here in Taiwan at Costco's. Why? We have Fridays over here as well. I don't know. <laughs> so, and it's not just. Fridays were not a Western invention.、No. Actually, Black Bu- Buying Festival is probably a better name for it because it's not just Friday, it's, it continued all through Sunday.、Mm. So, three days of just sheer、oh, see, yeah. chaos. And people were there. If the stores open at 8 a.m., but of course, if you show up at 8 a.m., you have a two hour wait just to get into the store. So、uh, people were posting pictures of themselves and、uh, talking about being there at, at you know, 5 50 in the morning. Or, 5 50? Wow. Well, well in, in, back in the day, I remember people talking about showing up at 3 or camping out overnight. So、mm. that's nothing. I think we still have a bit, of, a bit to learn here. But yes,、uh, and they're very clever about it because they don't tell you what will be on sale. Oh, you have to show up to find out.、Uh-huh. It's a secret. You have to go in. So, what are people hoping that there'll be discounts? Well,、on? there was some discussion about uh, uh, electronics, was a popular topic of discussion on this Costco Facebook group. So, I guess there was some speculation.、Uh, also, there was,、uh, so a lot of people expected a repeat of last year's buy one, get one free deal on TVs. Others were looking for iPhones or American beef, which I 
it's just sort of okay, I guess. But uh, see, TVs are not something you buy in bulk, really, are they? I mean, let's if, get one free. If you, <laughs> it's a Christmas shopping, right? You can give two people TVs then instead of one. I don't know. That's just a sales gimmick. Well, it's all. It always was yeah. a sales gimmick, but uh, yeah. What I'm pleased with this article from the Taiwan News is that it's it's showing Taiwanese people who, for once in their lives, are saying, "Forget the line." And that's very unusual for Taiwan. If yes, there's a line, people will true. Very just point. queue up and figure. It doesn't matter what's in the front. So we want to jump we the have, bandwagon. Well, we have some people here. A grandmother who told a very sad tale. She learned her lesson from last year's event. She wanted to buy her grandson a bicycle, and they waited in two, for two hours. And it says here that by the time they got to the front of the line, there was not even a single wheel left because there was no limits on how much you could buy. Oh. So people took like five bicycles, like. <laughs> No. It's one way to move product, I guess, but a lot of people uh, are saying that they don't think it's worthwhile either. But still, it was crazy enough last year that people in places like Tainan and Jiayi are hiring extra personnel and like and extra like traffic guards. The local police are showing up because it was just that chaotic. So. Wow. It says here it caused traffic jams, parking lines were long, and everything on sale was quickly snatched up last year. And that's what I would normally characterize a Costco in Taiwan as. Uh, they do a great business, but just ramped up even more so some people said they avoided costco this weekend <laughs> well that's all we've got time for for today's programs thanks so much for being with us do join us again tomorrow when our programs will include book of odes status update and another edition of here in taiwan but for now on behalf of all of us here at rti i'm charlie starrer signing off for today Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also, visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.